Good morning. It's great to be with you for the final part of our series in the book of James, the Grit and Glory of Faith. And today we're reading from James chapter 5, verses 7 through to 16. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you'll be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no, otherwise you'll be condemned. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you ill? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And today I want to talk to you about how to have power to persevere. How to keep going in the storms of life and how to keep growing in your faith in those times as well. Because it's fair to say that this last year has been pretty challenging for most of us. We've already heard this morning that it marks, this coming week marks one year since the first national lockdown announcement. I don't know if anyone else saw the BBC News article this week which was asking people to look back through their messages um, and to search the, for the word coronavirus and to see the first time that you used that word in your messages around this time last year. Now, it's a slightly depressing game to play, so maybe play it at your own risk. But I did it. I, um, I searched through my messages uh, earlier this week, and my first message, which I sent with the word coronavirus in it, was sent on 4th of March, 2020, to a group of friends who I was planning a summer holiday with at that point in time, saying, if we book flights to France soonish, then we might get a cheaper deal because of coronavirus. <laughs> that holiday did not happen. <laughs> and then a few days later, I, I love this message. We, there was a, a work WhatsApp um, chat. Someone messaged in that to say that biscuits were officially going to be cancelled at that coming church service that Sunday. Seriously, bring back the Bourbon biscuits. I've not had a biscuit at church in a whole year. But one year on from whatever messages are in your phone and whatever comes up for you when you search that, how are you doing? That's the question we want to ask today. How are you doing? How are you feeling? As you look back over this last year, and how is your faith doing? How has your walk with Jesus been in this last year? Maybe in some ways you've thrived. You know, romances have blossomed over the last 12 months. Hobbies have turned into side hustles. Uh, some of us have actually really enjoyed a slightly slower pace of life. 
maybe more likely you feel like you've survived. You know, you've got through it, of course you have, but it's not been easy. And this year has put a strain on many of our relationships, our health, our work-life balance, and even our faith. I think I would definitely say that I have survived rather than thrived over this last year. But James in our passage today is giving the Christians that he's writing to advice on how to keep going in their faith, how to keep going through the storms of life, how to have power to persevere in the face of the suffering which they're experiencing. And this just feels so timely for us today. It feels like a real word in season, at least it does for me. And as we've been preparing it, it's just felt so applicable. I mean, as we mark a year since the pandemic really changed all of our lives. And as we now come to this time as lockdown, restrictions are easing, but you know, we're not there yet. And really the next few months still hold so much uncertainty. I want to offer three things today which I think can help us to have power to persevere through the storms of life. Three ways to keep going and to keep growing in our faith in these times. Firstly, we need to practice patience. James says in verse 7, be patient then until the Lord's coming. But you know, it's easier said than done, isn't it? Because it kind of feels like in this society of instant gratification that it's actually really hard that we're losing the virtue of patience. You know, Deliveroo, Netflix, Amazon Prime, all of these things literally designed to reduce the amount of time that we spend waiting in life. And they also mean that for a lot of us, we're just not very good at being patient anymore. Back in the first lockdown last spring, I took up a new lockdown hobby of gardening. Uh, my housemates and I are really fortunate uh, to have a just a little garden at the back of our house, but as it's a rented place, it's never been shown that much love. And so, you know, just imagine like the grass is about knee height. There's a, a rusty barbecue in one corner of the garden. There's an old bed frame propped up in the other waiting to be taken to the tip. And so lockdown number one, I figure I've got a bit of time to sort this out. And so I mow the lawn and then I cycle to the garden center down in Earlsfield and I uh, get totally sort of won over by all of these lovely plants. And so I gather a few and I get a couple of those big terracotta plant pots and put them on my trolley, pay for them. Somehow, manage to cycle back home with all of this stuff, sort of laden in a rucksack and tote bags on either side. And there are so many speed bumps between Elfield and Tooting if you go down the back roads. But I go home and I'm cycling home with this vision of a thriving, blooming garden which we'll be able to, you know, we'll just impress people when they come over in a few months' time when we're able to host parties again. Because COVID is surely nearly over by this point in June 2020. Now fast forward a couple of months to August, and we've had one of the hottest summers on record. We're able to, you know, some restrictions have relaxed, so we are actually able to be out and about a bit more, eating out to help out as much as we possibly can, so we're not home as much. And yet we also can't host parties in the garden still. All of which means to say that I have a patio of very underwatered, uh, slightly unloved 
plants which really look very sad and, and mostly dead. You know, I didn't have the, uh, enough patience to sow into and to wait for this vision of a thriving garden, which was taking longer to realize than I'd expected. And you know, there's, there's many sort of visions and uh, goals and dreams in life, which if we don't have the patience to see them through, you know, it doesn't actually matter in the greater scheme of things. But actually, those seeds of impatience within us can spread like a weed and can affect other areas of our lives without us even realizing it's happening. I'm sure we've all experienced this over the last year, you know, the frustration of a slow Wi-Fi connection when you're working from home and you're juggling the kids' online learning. Being slightly short with the housemates who you're now around almost 24 hours every day. James warns us that the opposite of patience, the fruit of impatience, is grumbling with each other. And I start to grumble in my head just, you know, just as soon as I'm out on Tooting Common doing my lockdown laps and I get stuck walking behind someone really slow, my head is raging in terms of what I'm thinking. But the fruit of impatience can also spill out into our words and into the way in which we treat other people as well. And I definitely know that I've seen that side spill out in my life over this last year as well. Emily made this point in her talk last week. You know, frustrated feelings cause fights, particularly when we're in difficult or challenging situations in pandemic life and we're not seeing the change which we're desperately longing for. We can misdirect our frustrations about that onto other people. And so how do we practice patience? You know, patience is a fruit of the Holy Spirit which God longs to give each one of us in abundance, but there are also really practical things that we can do to develop it and cultivate it in our lives as well. For me, what that looks like, um, well, I'm trying to be more intentional and embrace waiting for things a little bit more. You know, amber traffic light when I'm on my bike trying to stop rather than nipping through before it turns red. When I'm at the supermarket, just picking the closest checkout line instead of trying to work out which one's the shortest versus which is moving most quickly. I'm trying to walk more slowly. And I'm trying to listen to my feelings without being controlled by them. You know, when I feel frustrated, just recognizing that, why am I feeling frustrated right now? Noticing, naming that feeling of impatience and just trying to be conscious of stopping it into my words and my relationships. Asking God to help me in those moments when I can feel myself wanting to respond out of a place of frustration. I'm trying to take the long view It really helps when we're practicing patience to know what we're waiting for. James uses a picture of a farmer who plants his seeds and who then has to wait for the land to yield its valuable crop. And in the same way, we know that we are waiting for something that is going to be worth it. And so we need to practice that, focusing on the long view when we are struggling to wait and finding it hard to wait out the season that we're in. There is going to be a time when God makes all things new and there is going to be 
No more death or mourning or pain or pandemics. But even now, even before that point in this life, well, for one, we know that the pandemic isn't going to last forever. And it's actually really helpful to remind ourselves of that sometimes. And secondly, we know that God is moving now and he wants to bring about his kingdom and his power and his presence on earth as in heaven. And so let's be waiting with expectation for the rains to come, for the floodgates of heaven to open and for God to pour out his spirit among us here and now in a new way, in our church, in our city, in our nation. Let's take the long view. To have power to persevere, we need to practice patience. And secondly, we need to position ourselves to weather the storm. James says, be patient and also stand firm. I don't know if you've heard the thinking around power poses. Think of Superman or Wonder Woman or Beyonce. How you stand affects how you respond in situations. If you hold a power pose for two minutes before you go into a job interview, it's been shown to boost your confidence and make you more likely to get the job. And how do you position yourself when you're caught out in a storm? Or you brace yourself against the wind and the rain and you plant your feet as firmly on the ground as possible. You dig deep and you lean in. And in the same way, in the storms of life, when we are bracing ourselves, we need to dig deep and make sure that we are rooted in Jesus Christ. And we need to lean in. We, we lean in not to, the, not to the storm itself, but leaning into God, to the wind of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit as a wind at times. And we need to lean in and to ask God, what are you doing in this time? Lord, what are you saying to me? How do you want me to respond in this time that we're in? James gives us the example of Job from the Old Testament. And Job is um, a man who really goes through some tragic life experiences. He loses his livelihood, his, his children die. And then on top of everything else, he breaks out in painful sores from head to toe. And Job cries out to God. He pleads with him. He grapples with what is going on in his life. You know, he doesn't sugarcoat his feelings. And it's not just a passive acceptance of the suffering that he's going through. But he is digging deep. And instead of blaming God, he is holding on for dear life to a deeply rooted conviction of God's goodness. And ultimately, the Lord in his compassion and mercy brings Job into a new season. The Bible says that God blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. God can use the storms of our lives to deepen our roots in him, to develop endurance in us and to strengthen our faith. But you know, there have, there have been times over this last year when I have felt not well positioned to weather the storms around me. You know, rhythms of prayer and reading the Bible have, um, have just slipped and instead of leaning into God and rooting myself in him, I've really really felt my faith wobble in this time. And so actually one of the things I've done to position myself better is to be really intentional about seeking out friends to pray with and who I can be accountable to, who will ask me, how is your faith doing? And who will hold me up when I'm wobbling? 
You know, a tree that is planted on its own is more likely to be blown over in a storm than a tree that is planted in a group whose roots interlock with others. That's why we say every week, join a group. Find those people who will hold you up and who will help you to stand firm. And secondly, it's so important, isn't it, to be rooted in the word of God, which stands forever above all else. And so this year, for me, I've started doing the Bible in One Year app. Again, Emily mentioned this last week, and, and it's an app which you can download, have on your phone, and it gives you different Bible passages to read each day. And I often break it up by reading the Psalm and the New Testament reading in the morning, and then coming on to the Old Testament sort of chunky passage later in the day. And when I've got time, I, I just try and pause after I've done each reading and just see one or two things which stand out to me. Just reflect on them. Why do they stand out? And just turn them into a really simple prayer. And then I like to read Nikki and Pippa Gumbel's commentary and to see if anything which they've said match, matches up with what I've come up with myself. Because I figure if, if I'm saying the same thing as them, then I've got to be doing all right. And some days, to be honest, it feels like I just rush through it. And it feels like I don't particularly connect with anything which I'm reading in a sort of spiritual way. But even just looking back on these last few months since starting this in January, I'm really sensing that my roots are going deeper. Just little by little, day by day, going deeper and getting stronger. You know, nothing dramatic has happened. I could just feel a little bit less wobbly. <laughs> I feel a little bit more secure, a bit more stable, a bit more ready and more available to hear from God either in that moment or throughout the rest of the day, to sense what he wants to say to me and what he wants to teach me through this time. We develop the mental power to persevere by practicing patience. We develop the physical power to persevere by positioning ourselves to stand firm and to weather the storm that we're in. And thirdly, we develop the spiritual power to persevere by praying. James says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You know, ultimately, the power to persevere comes through our communion and our conversation with God, through prayer. Not because the words which we're praying have much power in themselves, but because the one that we pray to is powerful. And as we bring our situations and our very selves to God, our impatient spirits, our wobbly faith, our weary souls, we lean into Jesus who has unending patience for each one of us. We lean into Jesus who walked the path of suffering all the way to death on the cross so that we could know him walking with us through our trials too. Jesus who conquered sin and death by rising again in power and who fills us with that same power which conquered the grave through the Holy Spirit so that we can have power to persevere through every storm in our life 
which we face. Perseverance isn't something we ever master or perfect or we don't come through the other side thinking, man, I smashed that. I'm so good at perseverance. It's not glamorous. It's the grittiness of our faith. And I think it does just feel like surviving at times. Holding on, clinging on to God like Job did. Even when we can't see what he's doing, even when we don't understand what on earth is going on and why it feels so difficult. But perseverance produces a glorious fruit in our lives. James says we count as blessed those who have persevered. Because we come out the other side of these experiences and we move into seasons of thriving with deeper roots, a stronger faith, and a richer relationship with God. You might feel like you are just holding on for dear life right now. But you can know today that you are holding on to the one who holds on to you. You're holding on to the one who holds on to you. He's got you. God is holding on to you today. Ultimately, we can't do any of this in our own strength or our own power, but it's God's power which helps us to persevere. You know, this season has been really tough for most of us. It's been up and down. There have been good days and there have been bad days. And actually, it's been a, really, a real spiritual battle. You know, it's been a testing of our faith in this time. But I think that God wants to use this time to form us to deepen our roots in him, to develop our character and to produce in us a hope which endures. That's why James, you know, right back at the start of his letter, we heard it in the first week of looking at this book, he says, consider it joy when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work in you because, so that you can be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Let's not miss what God wants to do in this time and in us and through us just because we're so impatient for the storm to be over and for the season to change. Lean in. Hold on. Look to Jesus. He's got you, and the fruit of this time is going to be rich. So let's pray together now. Lord Jesus, thank you for your power, which conquered the grave, which saw you rise again, and thank you that that same power lives in us today, and we can experience it, we can have it in our own lives and Lord we, we we're probably most of us just feeling pretty weary right now and maybe feeling lacking in that power and Lord we just pray come come Holy Spirit fill us with your power 
Lord, we want to lean into your compassion and your mercy again this morning. Where we're feeling weary of the storm around us, Lord, would you renew our spirits? Give us a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Where we're feeling impatient and easily frustrated at the moment, Lord, would you show us what you're doing in this time? And where we're feeling wobbly in our faith. Lord, would you help us to stand firm? Would you deepen our roots in you? And Lord, we just pray that each one of us today would know that sense of you holding on to us. That sense of you carrying us through the storm, you walking with us through the storms of our lives. And we pray that we would see what you're doing in this time. In Jesus' name, amen.